Welcome to another episode of Hey Mama, where we talk all things motherhood and all around female empowerment. I'm joined here today with Molly O'Callaghan, who is a senior uh, physiotherapist with a special interest in pelvic health uh, physiotherapy. Is yeah, that right? right? I got yeah, the title right. right. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so you are a senior um, physiotherapist at uh, Inspire Health Services, is that right? right. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So is that just a Queensland thing or are they, is, like how many, um, uh, how many studios or um, clinics would you say are here in Australia? First of all, thank you so much for having me. And, um, yeah, so Inspire Health Services uh, is in Albion and West End in Brisbane. Um, so we have two clinics and we have uh, a physiotherapy team, an exercise uh, physiology and exercise science team, dietetics, uh, massage as well. Um, so spread across the two clinics and I work um, as a pelvic health physiotherapist and musculoskeletal th- um, physiotherapist as well. Yeah, it's um, a really awesome setup. I really, uh, I'm a big fan of um, how you've got all of that into one, like one clinic or two clinics, and you work really well together. Uh, So I actually go to the physiotherapist um, and I love to go to the one in West End. And then I've actually got a program with an exercise physiologist because I actually love being um, instructed and have some structure where I don't have to think. So even though qualified in PT I still love to have another expert look at myself um, Mm. and then uh, design a program for me to improve what I need to improve for my goals so I really love the whole concept Um, who is Molly and what makes up the person that you are Um, so I guess first and foremost I I really do uh, or am a passionate physiotherapist. So um, I, I love what I do and I love working in pelvic health and it's a huge, huge passion of mine. And um, I just love learning and understanding and getting to meet as many people I can as in this industry um, because it's so vital and important for all women um, to understand our body and get to learn, I guess, a bit more and educate ourselves more on what is normal for, for our body. Um, so besides from that, though, I, <laughs> I am, I, I'm a runner and I'm a, a friend and a partner and a daughter. And, um, yeah, I, I love my sort of community in Brisbane. And um, I grew up here, but I grew up overseas as well in Southeast Asia. And I've lived oh, wow. in the UK too. And I've worked there um, as a physiotherapist. So I've been blessed to travel a lot. Um, and see a lot of the world and um, work in different environments and live in different environments as well. So when you worked over in Southeast Asia and the UK, did you say? So I I lived um, when I was young in Southeast Asia, so I never worked there. Um, And so I grew up there and I worked in the UK. I worked in London. Okay. And did you find that we um, women have the similar problems uh, with our... Um, yeah, like a pelvic floor and pelvic uh, health. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I worked in a private practice clinic over there as well, and um, saw similar, um, you know, similar conditions, similar um, uh, pelvic health concerns. Um, you know, it's all something that I guess is is still we're not getting enough education out there. We're not seeing enough education out there. So we're still seeing um, a lot of similar things in different countries. Um, definitely if you go to um, 
you know, I guess Southeast Asia or, or other places as well, we might see different things occurring based on our healthcare system or based on um, hospital care and, and birth care as well. But, um, you know, from my experience between London and, and here, it's all very similar. Okay. And uh, what would you say are those similar uh, symptoms or concerns or like what, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. So uh, I guess the biggest things that I see as a pelvic health physiotherapist firstly can be pelvic pain and muscular pain as well or injuries. Um, But secondly, from that, I can see uh, um, incontinence, I can see prolapse, um, I can see pelvic floor dysfunction, so weakness in pelvic floor. Um, I can see also um, pelvic pain, so pain with intercourse or pain um, through daily life and then uh, you know alongside of that sometimes can be um, you know endometriosis or different conditions from there too so that's typically what I might see and then postnatal so pregnancy any sort of um, pelvic girdle pain or anything in pregnancy and then postnatally sort of return to exercise or recovery postnatally too. Yeah so um, the pelvic girdle pain so has that got to do that's just the pelvic health all around you mean or is that um, the pelvic floor, like does it all work together? Um, yeah. yeah, so there's, and that's a really good question. There is a few different things, I guess. Uh, I can see women in pregnancy for just postural advice and, and postural correction, um, depending on where bub is and how forward bub is. Uh, you know, our posture can change quite a lot in pregnancy. Um, but also I can see specific sort of pain that occurs um, towards the, the front of the pelvis itself. Yeah. So right at the centre or yeah. at the back sort of um, bottom muscle um, and pelvic joints at the back too where um, you can get quite a lot of pain sometimes where that ligament laxity occurs. So I can see that as well in pregnancy too. Yeah. And what made you so uh, passionate? Like what sort of experience did you have in your life that turned you um, to a physio, first of all, and then to get into the pelvic health path? Why are you Um, so passionate? (laughs) Um, I guess becoming a physiotherapist, I loved... I loved anatomy, I loved understanding science and I loved biology and I loved sports as well. I really enjoyed any sort of sports I could get my hands on Um, and I loved health and I thought physiotherapy sounds like a good way to put those two together. Yeah, (laughs) Um, that's quite common, isn't it? Yeah, and um, from there I started to, I guess, see a lot more women in different stages of, of life and um, pelvic floor became a big, big part of that. So understanding first people's menstrual cycles and how that can relate to what they're feeling and what they're going through. And then it started unraveling from there in terms of some people presenting with incontinence and different things along those lines that um, we really, as, as a sort of a graduate of university, don't get a lot of information on how to manage um, these things. So I started to really delve in and do a lot more development and a lot more um, courses and understanding all these different things and how to help manage and treat um, these different things too and uh, sort of opened a huge passion box for me, I guess, in this area um, where I love working now and seeing women come in for different things that sometimes they've never talked to anyone about Mm. before or sometimes, you know, having a very open conversation about it 
um, and working towards their goals and what they want to achieve. So it's always, um, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's a very great area to work in um, and, you know, I guess educate more as much as we can about the need for it too. Would you find that uh, a lot of the problems that women experienced in the pelvic region is taboo and that we don't like to talk about it much or like you just sort of touched on there that women will come to you and they're telling you things that, you know, that they haven't talked about with anybody before. They feel like it's it shouldn't be happening to them or, and that's why they don't talk about it or, yeah, where do you yeah. think that come from too? Absolutely. I think it is sometimes taboo and, um, you know, it's not something that people sit around a table and talk about openly and honestly a lot and, um, you know, if any, and it's something that I really want to break that stigma down and I really want to help um, educate and understand that we can break that stigma down because as soon as you start to talk about it with others, everyone has something else to say too and suddenly it's not just you and suddenly there's a lot more information out there and people can share their similar experiences or different experiences or where they've had help and where they've seeked help from too. So um, definitely I feel like it's slowly becoming a little bit more um, something that people are talking about, but still, yeah. still a long way to go. Yeah. So um, I know I talk about it with my mum friends, and we we kind of joke about it. And I think that that's how we get through um, we get through life. Like we joke yeah. about the mold, every time you have a child, you know, your pelvic floor gets weaker. Um, at what stage would you say to like we we laugh about it? But at what stage would you say that you need to come in and get some help? from a specialist like yourself? Um, so I guess sometimes one thing that often I get told is that people say, oh, I've got a bit of leakage, but that's just normal. And it, it's not, you know, it's something that we can help to try and manage as well. So um, is that the, leakage? Sorry, I just want to clear up. Um, is it leakage like just throughout the day you're walking around and you get a bit of leakage or is that like, oh, I've sneezed and I get leakage? Well, it would be both. So, um, but definitely I think what you're saying is that leakage with a cough or a sneeze or a laugh, yeah. that's something that, um, you know, often people can say, oh, that's normal, but um, it's something that we can sort of help to manage and improve um, and try to improve. So that's definitely something that physiotherapy can to work on. Um, but it's often something I hear people say, oh, that's that's just normal. So um, After, I've, I've had three kids, so yeah, I've had yeah. four children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but the other things that we can help with, so incontinence, so urinary incontinence and urgency as well, that sort of busting, uh, I put the key in the door to the house and I feel this busting urge to rush to the loo. Um, those mm -hmm. sorts of things, that bladder urgency is something. Like just out of nowhere? Like not just out of nowhere, sort of going, right. oh, gosh, I've got to rush to the um, loo. Otherwise. Something yeah. that you feel like you can't defer um, as well. So those sort of symptoms we can help to manage. Um, Bowel-related sort of urgency too is something that we can help with. Um, any sort of, um, again, pelvic pain, so pain with intercourse, like I said, or pelvic pain mm. with exercise or, you know, back pain as well. Those are things that we can help to manage too. Um, and then a heaviness sort of sensation in your pelvic floor so, or your pelvis, so any sort of heaviness or pressure sensations, those are something that we can help to manage and understand and educate a bit more on as well. Yeah, what's the what's the heaviness like? Is it walking around with their their heaviness, or um, 
Heaviness can be um, presented in a lot of different ways. Um, oftentimes there can be a heaviness that maybe comes on in the day or comes on after a lot of impact exercise or something like that. Um, but it also can start from the beginning of the day. So a heaviness or a pressure sensation or a bulging sensation, sometimes what we look for is to assess for, for prolapse as well. So understanding sort of what the heaviness actually is and what that means um, and then what sort of activities bring it on or not and assessing for something like that as well. Mm, that's really interesting because I think that some women may even just be walking around with these kinds of symptoms and not even know that it can be an issue. Like even with back pain, I would probably sort of not think of it as a pelvic area, health pelvic health area. I would think, oh, mm. so maybe something's going on with my back or yeah. my, my glutes or something, but it could actually be pelvic health related. It could be, yes. Yeah. Um, it, it can definitely be your back, um, but it is also something to consider when you're getting your back pain and is your back pain also related to something else that you're doing or is your back pain you're getting, you also have incontinence as well. You know, there's different things like that that you want to look mm. at and sort of assess and see um, and your, your pelvic physiotherapist can help um, and that's something that I do sort of to understand what sort of the correlation is between them or, you know, and managing both as well. Yeah. Um, so what would you say to, to a woman who uh, wants to go back to exercise, right, or she wants to go and sign up to a gym and um, she's been told, like, by a doctor uh, to not squat after having babies? So my... First sort of thought is, you know, obviously why did the doctor say that, first of all, and what the reason for? And understanding that first and foremost um, is the biggest thing. So, um, but on top of that, we squat every day mm. in our life. Every time I stand up from a chair and sit back down again, it's a type of squat um, every time. You know, and as a new mum too, a million lifts <laughs> every day <laughs> of picking up you know, the little one and doing all that sort of side of things too. So a squat is part of our daily life. Um, so in terms of it as an exercise, why why is a, a medical professional saying not to and understanding that first um, because there can be specific reasons why they've suggested not to. If it's a matter of pelvic floor strength and understanding that or pelvic floor dysfunction like we've talked about, how can we help to manage that further? What sort of exercises can we do to help get to a point where your strength and coordination and endurance is at a good spot to start to consider maybe weighted squats and things like that? Um, mm -hmm. Is there some support that we need down there to help just manage that and make sure that, um, you know, we're looking after pelvic floor for life? But I always like to consider everybody, you know, not just as their pelvic floor, but as their whole body. Yeah, <laughs> and, and their environment know. and what's happened to them, like their history and all of that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And we have to consider how exercise is not only beneficial for our muscles and our cardio system and our mental health and, you know, a way to socialize um, all of those things that exercise can be such a great thing for um, we can't always focus sometimes on going okay we can't do this um, but maybe how can we modify it or how can we get to a point where we can um, exactly yeah not forever like not just sentence someone to oh you should never squat again after you've had children yeah exactly so it's always understanding the why's and then have understanding what can we do about it as well yeah 
So how important would you um, rate strength training for mamas? Um, strength training in general? Like yeah, the whole strength, body? yeah, the whole body um, for sure because I think it's important that mums, I've spoken to a lot of mums where they think, oh, isn't walking enough? Like we're still just not there with educating on the importance of strength training. Like you just mentioned before that we squat every day with our babies. We do lifts with our babies yeah. constantly, um, all that kind of thing. So I just want from a professional point of view, speaking to you, how important do you consider strength training? Um, very. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's something that uh, I guess, again, like looking at all of those tasks that you just said, we're lifting bug, you know, where our body has changed so much. So you've had 10 months of pregnancy and then you've got, you know, now our body's changed completely again and we're looking after a little one as well. So it is something that you want to adjust back and learn your posture again, learn, um, you know, endurance and strength and balance. Um, but it is very important. And again, it is that holistic sort of um, experience um, of health. So mental health, strength, well-being, cardio we want to make sure that we're putting our body in its best stead. But that's, you know, also um, being a new mum, time is different as well and how much time we have. So understanding, I guess, uh, energy levels and sleep, all of those things play a big part and not pushing um, ourselves to do so much. So oh, early, yeah. but understanding what is the right amount for me? Um, and that's where, you know, health professionals come in and, um, you know, like yourself, understanding what is um, the right amount of exercise to be doing um, and making sure that that becomes a reality. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that we do and go, okay, oh, gosh, I, I don't feel strong enough to do that. I did before, but I don't now. And we might be putting ourselves at risk of injury if we sort of go back to things without sort of doing that strength work and rehab work as well. So you're sort of minimising preventing injuries along the way um, with strength training too. Awesome. So um, before we, we wrap it up, I'd just like to ask, um, is there like a specific story of a, of a mom or a woman, like a, a nice positive story where they've come to you and um, they've been in a, they've had a certain problem and then you've gotten them to, you know, because that's why we do what we do, right? We love yeah. to help other people get to a, to reach their goals. Is there yes. a, a story that you'd like to, you know, um, talk about? She's putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think my, like my passion area is, is return to exercise, but I love return to running as well. I, I love running myself. So I do see a lot of women return to run. Um, and it's always that sort of, I guess, workload of initially going, oh, my gosh, I can't do a single leg tabletop, let alone a double leg tabletop um, in Pilates, and I can't do a single leg bridge. And I'm so surprised and shocked at my body. I, I thought I could do this and I can't something that I see quite a lot um, and you know again I always say look this is you're not the only one <laughs> this is normal but you know that nice progression of exercise and seeing um, you know pelvic floor strength change with regular exercise back to something like running and back to their goals is always really nice and you know also sometimes um, seeing women who um, might have some leakage or, or something that they're noticing in their day 
and then making sure we sort of manage that and then all of a sudden you know I'm not leaking at work anymore I feel so much better um, I'm not having to worry about you know going to the bathroom and that's sort of mm. day so yeah those things can be a bit more of a reality that it's not just so much about return to exercise but feeling a little bit more confident in one's own body every day time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I can chase yeah. after the kids without having sort of any problems as well. <laughs> yeah. All of those sorts of things yeah. are, are, you know, the great things about what I do. The bracing yourself before you sneeze. Absolutely. That kind of thing. <laughs> holding, holding everything in. Um, yeah. I remember when I was pregnant with my second and I was actually running, I was doing the 5K, um, you know, what are they called uh, on the Saturday? They're called the park run. Park run, yeah. 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 I was doing the park run and I found that as I was getting to about 20 weeks, I was um, running and I could only do halfway and I'd have to stop and do a wee. Like there was lucky there was a public toilet there. So I got to a stage where I'd run um, and I wasn't leaking or anything, but it was just that. I had to do a wee and then by the time I came back had to do a wee again yeah and then after I was recovered from having my baby I remember sprinting was such an issue um you know when you were, when I try to go back to sprinting I would get that that's what I would get I would get that yes. yeah, yeah 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 so what would you work on with a mama um like that you know she's got yeah. the yeah, she's gotten the clear from the doctor. She started back exercising and, and running. You know, you're a runner yourself, so you know how much, um, like, you, you know, I, I, I loved it. I loved getting back to sprinting. But then I was like, oh, I was yeah. kind of scared to sprint because yeah. of that. So what would you recommend there? So we have some really lovely running guidelines um, now, and I wrote them down actually because I didn't oh, cool. get it. <laughs> um, but a couple of physiotherapists in 2019 made um, a return to running guidelines postnatally, um, and it's such a great sort of resource of information. Um, so they were Tom Goom, um, Granny Donnelly, and then Rockwell, and they made some, some guidelines that we can use today. And that's sort of what I base my, my rehab on is making sure that we can hold pelvic floor for a certain amount of times and for a certain amount oh, yeah. of repetitions yeah. but then also more into the functional exercise return things of um, working into coordination so when we're looking into something like sprinting um, we want to get our body working fast and working into that coordination well so you want to start drills that work into um uh, you know, that quick movement as well and preparing our pelvic floor to try and understand and coordinate that better. And oftentimes mm. the biggest thing is working on breath, breath work and understanding how our breath works with our body, how our breath um, works with our pelvic floor as well um, and how our stride can affect that too. So it is sort of building into that prep work um, and intensity work and starting from where we can and building into it too. You know, there's always, you know, every pelvic floor is, is different. You know, there's a, there's a reason, I think, for everybody that I can lift a certain amount and someone else can lift a different amount than me. We always have a different capacity of our bodies and, um, you know, making sure that we understand what our capacity is and not looking at someone else's capacity, you know, for our sort of benchmark too. So it is understanding that sort of functional pace of, of exercise and getting back to it and then also looking at, I guess, the... Um, the connective tissue side of things for the pelvic floor too. What is our connective tissue like and what's our fascial support like in our pelvic floor to make sure that we're supported from there as well. 
Okay. And it's just prompted me to, um, for, with another question is about, I saw, you know, how on Instagram, everybody's an expert and there's um, yes. like, well, I've got a lot of experts on Instagram that, you know, show photos of how we should be sitting when we go to the toilet and um, all these kind of things. So I saw one the other day and it said, um, be careful not to train yourself to go, like do a wee just in case. Like mm. we should we train ourselves to, but then, you know, other conflicting information is we shouldn't hold on to our we. So what's, what <laughs> is the right answer and is there a common ground? What, what um, again, really good question. So just in case visits to the toilet aren't always something that, you know, I recommend because if, if you're having some urgency, for example, and you're, you're having bladder urgency, going to the mm-hmm. toilet just in case um, all the time, you're sort of training your bladder to do that. Yeah. So we want to listen to our bladder urges and we want to go when our bladder is at the right time. Now, in saying that, sometimes you might be sitting in a meeting for a couple of hours and you can't leave. And going to the toilet, I think, just before that, Um, when you know you're going to be out of action away from the toilet for a prolonged period of time, I think is okay. You know, it's those visits where we go, okay, this is more of a a reasonable visit for me rather than I'm popping to a a friend's house that's 10 minutes away. I don't need to go to the toilet now. I can go when I I need to, when I get there. So that sort of side of things. So I think that's where some of that education is around making sure that we're listening to our right bladder habits And then when we're talking about holding our bladder and um, sort of working on that, what what have you sort of read along those lines when they're saying to try and wait and hold? Um, Oh, no, just like that just in case is um, don't do the just in case. But then also I've heard like don't hold on to your we either. So Mm. So there's always... um, there's always sort of, I guess, that guy. Where, where, where's the, where's the, where's the middle? You know, like, where is, where's the point where you go? Oh, I, I should go. Yeah. <laughs> so, if, if, when we get a, a, a sort of a nice, uh, sensible urge, usually we feel that in our low tummy. Um, when we've hit busting, we've gone too far. <laughs> it's so, good to mums, right? Because you know what? I, I reckon mums do this a lot is that oh, like, well, I'll just do this and then I'll do a wee. Oh, I need to do a wee, but I'm just going to do this and I'm just going to do that. And then I'll go and do yeah. a wee. Whereas yeah. like we say to our kids, you need to go, you need to go. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, I do do hear that a lot of going, look, I'm holding and holding and holding because I just, um, you know, I'm deferring my urge. It's there, it's there, but I just, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and all of a sudden I'm absolutely busted. Yeah, yeah. So and, it is. And then that's when, you know, yeah. accidents did happen yeah, or something. Exactly, yeah. Back. So you rush to the toilet because you're busted mm. and that's sometimes where you can see some leakage. So, um, yeah, making sure that we're listening to our urges and not deferring and deferring and deferring until we're getting to that busting point because, yes, that's not ideal either. We want to listen to our bladder. It's, it's usually giving us a good urge when it's time to go to the toilet. Um, and sometimes, you know, in, in postnatal periods, we can sort of go, okay, actually, I don't feel like I'm getting right urge or I feel like I'm getting quite a, a lighter urge than I used to 
or um, I'm not really feeling much at all. So all of these sorts of things are where we can look into um, and your doctor can look into and physiotherapy can to actually understand what's normal for your bladder um, and what is what's appropriate and what we should be looking for too to start to re-educate better bladder habits. Yeah, yeah, this is good because um, even with the uh, with the holding everything together, is it a normal thing to walk around every day and then when you feel the urge to sneeze that um, we should have to brace ourselves and hold everything? So after delivery, um, bracing your pelvic floor can be more helpful to activate the muscles better to, to brace and stop any leakage. So yeah. um, before deliveries, pelvic floor usually sort of does that activation itself, but after deliveries, um, not so much. So it is something that, you know, I, I will train women to brace when they sneeze and brace when they cough and brace when they lift to make sure that they're doing that pelvic floor activation to support um, as well and support that sort of intra abdominal pressure downwards too. So that's, that's something good. that I yeah. usually do teach, yes. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I really like that. Um, I think it's really important for our listeners to know that as well mm. because you don't necessarily mean that you've got a problem because you have to stop and brace yourself and, and sneeze. Mm. Um, but at the same time, yeah, there it's is. just forming, forming those bladder habits and, and yeah. excuse me, pelvic floor habits again postnatally getting back into that habit of routine of, of getting your pelvic floor and usually after a while I, go, I don't even really think about it anymore I just do it um yeah it's yeah. just part of life <laughs> it's just the scary part after delivery for a little yeah. while yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so um where can we find you if we want to know more about what you do so um, you can find me um, on the Inspire Health Services website. Um, I, I'm there and you can call us um, on our reception to mine as well. Um, and I'm more than happy to always speak um, too. Um, but, yes, I'm across both clinics. I'm in West End and I'm in Albion. Um, and like I said, I do um, a lot of uh, musculoskeletal sort of um, injury management as well. So we have a, a brilliant team, um, which is really great. And you like do. I said, we have a lot of um, integration sort of between us. So diet and exercise, um, it's really nice to be able to, um, uh, you know, treat everybody and train everybody um, with that sort of um, allied health team um, around yes. us. So it's always really, really great. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, so um, so lovely to have you on, Molly, and I hope that our audience has gained some insight um, more about pelvic health, like what's normal, what's not normal, and when to seek help if they need to. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on. It's great. Oh, <laughs> for listening to another episode of Hey Mama. You can find all the relevant links, including socials, in the description section of this podcast. If you want to find out more information about how I can help you build your best body after babies, then visit my website, www.thefitmummethod.com for more info. Lastly, before you leave here today, if you've enjoyed listening, then please subscribe and share so you can help me to reach out to those mamas that also need to listen too.